Hello, my friends, and welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett coming to you from Hickory Ridge Community Church. So glad that you are joining us today. Well, it's Tuesday, and we are one day closer to the weekend. I hope that your week is off to a great start, and I hope that if you're facing some storms today or this week, that you have listened to yesterday's broadcast so that you have an understanding as to why God allows storms into our lives. And so I gave you basically five reasons why storms come into our life. Number one, storms are just a natural part of life, right? Uh, They're going to happen. You can't get around them. And uh, I used to say, well, I'm going to move out of New England because I don't like snowstorms. And so what do I do? I moved to the Hampton Roads area where we have hurricanes. And so, well, maybe say, well, I'm going to move out to the Midwest. Well, they've got tornadoes out there. And uh, you say, well, maybe I'm going to move somewhere else. And, uh, you know, there's mudslides and it doesn't matter where you live. You're going to face storms from time to time. Storms are a natural part of life. Secondly, we learn that storms help to correct us uh, to get us on the right path because we have this tendency to waver. And we use the illustration of Jonah and how God used that storm in the life of Jonah to get him on the right path, to get him corrected. And, uh, you know, when that happens, it's not always the most uh, enjoyable experience, right? Because it's a chastening from the Lord. Uh, Number three, we learned about the fact that storms help to change us. And James tells us that we should consider it pure joy. Whenever we face multifaceted trials or multifaceted storms, because this produces perseverance. That's where you learn how to be strong. It's like the old Navy adage that smooth sailing does not a sailor make. It's during those times of storm, uh, riding that ship through the storm, that makes a good sailor. Number four, we talked about the fact that storms actually help to connect us with one another. And I want to pause for just a moment. Maybe right now you're going through a really hard time and you have kind of disconnected yourself from God's people and you're kind of out there in no man's land. You're floating around, not really connected with a body of believers and you need some help. And maybe you're too embarrassed to go back to the church. Let me tell you something. Don't be embarrassed. Don't let pride get the best of you. Go on back. Go on back and worship. I go on back to your pastor says, you know, I kind of dropped out here for a little while and I want to come on back. And I know, I'll tell you what your pastor's going to say. He's going to tell you, get lost. No, he won't tell you that. No, he's going to say, welcome home. That's what he's going to tell you. He said, I'm so glad you have come back. You know, we have a big sign above the front doors of our church and it just says, welcome home. Welcome home. All are welcome to worship. All are welcome to gather. Listen, now, when you come under the preaching of God's word, there's going to be some things that you need to change in your life, and we're not diminishing that, but we want you to know that you are welcome at home, and as you're going through storms, maybe that is a reason to bring you back into the family of God. And then number five, we learn that storms also help us to be conformed to the image of Christ. That old adage, into each life, some rain must fall. You know, when rain is falling in my life, I like to turn to the story of Noah, Genesis chapter 6 through Genesis chapter 9. You know, a storm was coming, and Noah knew it, even though he didn't know what a storm was, but Noah had no choice except to believe. He believed that God was going to sustain him during that difficult time. You know, it's often easy for us to think about the fact that we have our anchor firm when the storm comes. But as you look at the life of Noah, Noah was building this huge ark, 
this humongous, real, physical ark, and this ark was an illustration of his internal life. He was being obedient to God, and because of that obedience, God was going to save him. You see, I see God highlighting the importance of taking little steps as we go through storms. James tells us that faith without works is dead. Now, when a storm comes in our lives, we must make little steps of obedience so that we can do the work that God has called us to do. But as we look at Noah, we see that he was he had this bold obedience to honor the one that was leading him. He obeyed God to the very smallest details, from the size of that ark, to the gathering of those animals, to the proclaiming of the message in the midst of being rejected. Noah was undaunted. The same ought to be in our lives. You say, man, things are getting pressure. We're getting a lot of pressure on us. That is the perfect time to hit the accelerator and move on ahead. Not too long ago, a pastor friend of mine came to me and he says, man, I am so discouraged. I don't know what to do. And I got talking to him and I says, I'll tell you what you ought to do. I said, you ought to seek God's face about the direction that he wants you to take your church in. He says, right now, I have no clue what God wants us to do. I'm just trying to survive. Listen, God doesn't want you just surviving in the midst of the storm. He wants you to thrive. He wants you to move on ahead. Well, how can I thrive through the storm? Well, number one, you got to determine the reason for the storm. Those five areas that we just covered. When we think about the reason of the storm in our lives, is God trying to change me? Is God trying to connect me? Is this just a natural storm in life? Why is this storm happening? Now, three warnings when you're determining the reason for the storm. Warning number one is avoid wrong guidance. Now, there's some people out there who say, God is closing a door in your life because of this storm. This storm is taking place, and some of you may have used that as an excuse not to go to church, right? Well, I guess God doesn't want us to go to church today because it's raining outside. I used to always get around, he said, you know, it doesn't take about one drop of rain to keep 100 Baptists out of church. Listen, don't follow the wrong guidance. Just because there's a storm in your life doesn't mean that God is saying, stop. As a storm comes into your life, God may be saying, prepare. And you wrongly think he said stop because you've got wrong guidance. Here's a second warning. Avoid the wrong popularity, right? We have never been called to be popular. We have never been called to go along to get along. As Christians, we are sojourners and we go against the conventional wisdom of culture. So we must avoid what is popular. Just because something is popular does not make it right. And a storm would not guide us if we're based upon popularity. Number three, third warning. Avoid the wrong circumstance. Uh, By that I mean, as the storm is coming into our lives, don't base your theology on that circumstance. Storms are great for changing us, for guiding us, but the anchor of our lives The major doctrines of our lives, they do not change in the midst of the storm. They don't change just because they're no longer popular. They don't change just because everybody says they should change. We march to the beat of a different drum. The Word of God is our anchor in the midst of the storm. So number one, if you're going to thrive in times of storm, determine the reason for the storm. Why is this storm happening? Number two, determine the result of the storm. 
Now I want to go to Acts chapter 6, and then we're going to look at a, a, another passage, Acts chapter 7, and I'm going to kind of put this passage together for you, and it's a very familiar passage. It's the story of Stephen. Stephen was the first deacon of the church. Stephen was the first martyr of the church. Stephen, Acts 6, 8, was full of faith and power, and he did great wonders and signs among the people. Now, as we look at Hebrews 6, 15, it says, all who sat in the council looked steadfastly at him. That's Stephen as he's given this message. All the council is looking at him, and they saw his face, and his face was the face of an angel. And then we go down to the next passage of Scripture, Acts chapter 7, and it says that they cast him out of the city, and they stoned him. And a witness laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not lay this charge against them. And when he said this, he fell asleep or he died. And now look what's happening here. There's a storm in the life of Stephen. Everything was going great. He was full of faith, full of power, doing wonders and signs among the people. As a matter of fact, the council watched him steadfastly. And they said, man, there's something different about this guy, Stephen. Look at his face. It is the face of an angel. But then it doesn't take too long for the crowd to turn on him, and they cast him out of the city because they were under conviction with his preaching, and then they began stoning him. And there's a guy there, is, his name is Saul. He's probably the guy that ordered the stoning of Stephen, and they take the clothes of Stephen, and they lay it at the feet of Saul. And so we see Stephen's last sentence in his sermon, Lord, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he said that, he fell asleep. So Stephen faces a storm of rejection and hatred. Even though he's full of faith and full of power, he's being used by God. Incredible things are happening. They still want to stone him. Now, the reason I belabor this point is because I don't want you to think that just because you're doing God's will and just because God's doing great things through you that you're not going to face difficult times. As a matter of fact, when you became a follower of Christ, the enemy got real upset with you. He didn't care too much before you became a follower of Christ because you were on his team. But when you became a follower of Christ, you switched teams. And the enemy is ticked off that you switched teams. And he's going to see God do great things in your life. He's going to see your face shining like an angel. And it's going to tick him off. And he's going to do anything in his power to discourage you, to dissuade you, to allow you to stop pushing on ahead. You know, the mob got caught up in hatred. And so Stephen prays for them. And Stephen says, Lord, do not lay that charge of their sin against them. I want to encourage you, keep showing up when you don't feel like showing up. Large feats begin with very small steps. You know that massive ark that Noah built was built one piece of chiseled wood at a time? Every day that we are faithful in small ways, we are opening the door for God to do something incredible that we cannot do. We must take these small baby steps, concrete actions that will accomplish the end goal. As I think about the stoning of Stephen, you know, Saul was exposed to the gospel probably for the very first time during the death of Stephen. Stephen gives the the history uh, of the nation of Israel, and then he talks about the Messiah that they had killed and how he died and how he rose again. 
And they were so cut to the wick that they stoned him. Saul was listening to that message. Now, I know that message made a big impact on Saul because two chapters later, the Holy Spirit converts him. And then later on, as as Saul, whose name becomes Paul, is writing to the church at Rome, he quotes a large portion of Stephen's sermon. He uses it as his theology centerpiece. Oh, I want you to know, storms may be coming in your life, and God may be using that storm in a way to bless people that, that you haven't even considered. So we've learned so far that, number one, we got to determine the reason for the storm. Number two, ask the Lord, what is going to be the result of this storm? And then number three, respond to that storm. Respond to it. Here are four ways that you can respond to the storms when they come to your life. Number one, deal with it. Deal with it. Don't ignore it. Don't say, well, what storm? There's no storm going out there as the shingles are flying off your roof and as the door is is flying open. No, don't ignore the storm. Deal with it by claiming God's promises. You know, the Bible is filled with encouragement, particularly during times of storm. Claim these promises by faith. Every day, claim these promises. You know, it's not a coincidence that the ark was floating on water. Sometimes scripture is our only solid ground to stand on that keeps us from sinking. It can and will keep us afloat. So deal with the storms in your life. Number two, confess any sin. If a storm is brought into our lives to, to kind of awaken us to something, we ought to confess that sin. Don't ignore it. Confess it. Uh, Don't explain it away. Don't excuse it away. Confess it. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So deal with it. Confess it. Number three, trust God's provisions and promises. You know, there's an old expression. If I never had a problem, I could never know that he could solve them. Storms come in our lives so that we can trust the promises and the provisions of God. He will come through every minute, every moment of the storm that you're going through. And then number four, affirm your faith with praise. Praise in the midst of that storm. You know, whenever we make it through a time of traveling, I always say, thank you, Lord, for bringing us safely through. You know, God delights in us praising him, even in the midst of the storm. Paul, who was beaten and shipwrecked and imprisoned, knew this principle very well. That's why he encourages each and every one of us to always, with petitions, with thanksgiving, cast your request or bring your request before the Lord. Whenever a storm comes in your life, there's always a meaning to be found in that tragedy. You know, tragedy of a flood or tragedy of a storm can devastate our lives. You know, I think about the biggest tragedy in all of human history was the death of Jesus Christ. The perfect Son of God died. God died on the cross. You know, Christianity is the only faith in the world in which God dies for his people. What a tragedy that is. But think about how God takes that tragedy of the death of Jesus Christ and turns it into the triumph of his resurrection and the triumph of our justification. In other words, we are born again because of the tragic death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
The psalmist said this, It is better to depend upon the Lord than to trust in mortals. It is better to depend upon the Lord than to trust in influential people. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. You'll discover God will get you through that storm, and God will bring meaning to that tragedy. In Sinton, Texas, there's a resident uh, that many people thought was just a, a stray dog. But this stray dog has turned into something of a local celebrity in the Houston area. And the reason he has become somewhat of a hero is because of his antics. You can see this dog often trotting down the road. His name is Otis. Otis the dog knows how to take matters into his own paws when things get rough, right? One Houston family with a house filled with ankle-deep water found a way to entertain themselves and their Facebook followers as they waited for collected rainfall uh, to, to, to recede. Why go out looking for food when the food is coming to our living room, says Vivian. She wrote on Facebook that this dog, who became a, a, a local hero, Otis, brought them food. He found a bag that had some food in it and trotted over to these, this family and dropped off food right at the doorstep. <laughs> I don't want to know the God of heaven and the God of earth God who who cares for our lives will make sure that our needs are taken care of. And sometimes he does it through Otis the dog, and sometimes he does it through believers, but God will always take care of your needs. I can promise you that he will take care of your needs. Well, I hope that is a blessing to you as we think about the storms of life. I want to transition in the last few minutes uh, that we have, and I want to just focus for just a moment on the Ten Commandments that everybody should be taught. The Ten Commandments that everyone should be taught. G.K. Chesterfield was a large man, and, uh, and, and as, as a very large man, he walked in and, and had a large grandfather clock. And, and he collided with a man, and he fell back and, and he and hit the floor with a thud. He says, why can't you wear a wrist instead of a lar- carrying his large grandfather clock, okay? As you think about that humorous little story, uh, James Dobson tells about a mother who was sick in bed. She had the flu, and, and her daughter wanted so much to be a good nurse, and so she brought mom an extra pillow, and she brought her a magazine to read, and, and then she even showed up with a surprise cup of tea. Her mother took a sip of the tea and said, wow, I didn't even know you knew how to make tea. The girl said, oh, yes, I learned it by watching you. I put the water into the microwave, and, and then I put the tea leaves in, and I boiled the water. And then she continued on, and she says, after I boiled the water, then I strained it into a cup, but I, I couldn't find a strainer, so I just used the fly swatter instead. <laughs> and the mother said, you what? And the little girl says, oh, don't worry, Mom. I, I didn't use the new fly swatter. I used the old one. Flying to the wrong uh, conclusions here. As we think about that funny little story, there are some things that we need to pass on to the next generation. They're called the Ten Commandments. I want to quickly run through these in the minutes that we have, but I want to give you this the, the challenge that is given to us in sharing these Ten Commandments. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So Israel, there's one God, manifested in three parts, Father, Son, and Spirit. You're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. And you're to teach these diligently to your children. 
They should be talking about them when they're sitting in the, in the house and when you're walking by the way, when you lie down and, and when you rise up. You should find them as a sign upon your hand and, and you should have them upon frontlets between your eyes. You should write them on the doorpost of your house and on the gates. Ten Commandments. Commandment number one, no other God. You know, the Bible says that the Lord is a, a jealous God and he, he wants no other God before him. So our relationship with God is more important than any other relationship. He has given us this word called the word of God so that we can know who he is and we can know who we are and that nobody or nothing is equal to God or should be worshiped. So commandment number one, no other gods before me. Commandment number two, no other images. Don't make an image of, of a carved image in the likeness of anything that is in heaven above or, or earth beneath or that is in the water underneath. You shall not bow down to them. You shall not serve them. But I, the Lord your God, I'm a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me. Oh, but don't miss this. But showing my steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. So the second commandment is don't allow anything in your life to be an additional God or a graven image. You know, it's devastating to your family if you do that, but it's a major blessing to your family if you have no graven images. Present and future generations are blessed, according to God's word, showing God that steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. So how are you doing on these commands? Number one, no other gods before me. Number two, no images. Number three, no cursing God. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Now listen, that guy may just pull right in front of you, but don't take the name of the Lord in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now I was thinking about this. The fact that, that God's name can be cursed and is cursed is proof that he exists. That's right. You can't curse something that doesn't exist. We are reminded not to curse God because it's an assault against God. It's taking his name in vain. And then number four, no forsaking the Lord's day. Observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. As you think about these first four commands, Jesus said you can sum up the law of the prophets by saying, you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And the second is unto like the first, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus gives a summary of the Ten Commandments. The first four commandments deal with loving the Lord our God with all of our hearts. Listen, if you really love the Lord with all of your hearts, you can have no other God before him. You can have no graven images. You're not going to curse him. You're not going to forsake the Sabbath. You're going to observe the Sabbath. You're going to keep it holy as the Lord commanded you. Six days you should labor, but on the seventh, uh, the seventh day, that's the Sabbath day. That's the Lord's day. So don't drop out of church. Make one day a week a Sabbath day, a holy day of rest. So those are the first four commandments dealing with our relationship with God. The last six commandments deal with our relationship with each other. And let me quickly go through them. Don't dishonor your parents. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord has commanded you. There's a promise that comes from that. Long life and a good life. Hey, maybe you're listening right now and you say, man, 
I need to honor my mom. I need to honor my dad. Maybe you need to call him. Maybe you need to visit him right now. Bless them. Don't get so busy that you're too busy for your mom and dad because one day they won't be here. My mom just turned 81 years old and I had the opportunity of spending some time with her uh, this week and, and it was a short visit, uh, but I try to visit with her as often as I can because I realize it's not going to be too much longer and the good Lord is going to take her home. So don't dishonor your parents. Don't murder. That's killing another person. Don't commit adultery. That's being unfaithful to your spouse. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't covet. All of these commandments are given to us. And as a result of these Ten Commandments that I know we're all very familiar with, we're given three exhortations. Number one, teach it. Teach it to your children. Live it in front of them, but also teach it to them. Number two, talk about it. So the teaching part would be like a formal teaching part. Talk about it as informal teaching. As you're driving down the road, just bring it on up. And then number three, live it out. Practical teaching. You know, this weekend, thousands of people will be gathering to worship. As you gather to worship, there's some practical training that you can do with your children as you leave the worship service. Ask them a simple question like, what did the sermon mean to you today? Or what did the Sunday school lesson mean to you today? I want to encourage you today, follow these Ten Commandments and then have them displayed throughout your house. And you discover that God will use you to bless the lives of many. Well, thanks so much for listening. God bless you. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3220 South Battlefield Boulevard, Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We would love for you to join us. For more information, you go to our website at www.hrcc7.org. No matter what you're going through, remember, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.